It's not brain science. It's rocket surgery. This is equilibrium. The incomparable number four hundred twenty-six, September twenty eighteen. Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable's Rocket Surgery, where we watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. It's not like any other podcast that does that at all. And in this episode, we watch 2002's written and directed by Kurt Wimmer, by the way. Genius. Brilliant. Equilibrium. This movie was recommended to me by my first guest. <laughs> why, Dan Morin? Why? <laughs> Rearranging your desk is forbidden, Jason. It's it's very bad for you. I'm just You're optimizing. Welcome. Optimizing You're my desk. <laughs> Oh, boy. Okay. You should see his inbox. That's Steve Lutz, who also watched this movie. Steve, I knew I could count on you. Oh, man. So, Gun Kata, like, this is the movie with Kurt Thomas on the pommel horse, right? Yep. Kicking a bunch of villagers' butts? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, Erica Ensign is here. I'm, I, I may have committed an international incident by making you watch this movie. Burn it, Jason. Burn it. It's on Netflix <laughs> in Canada, though, I hear. It was. I didn't have to pay anything extra for this I film. Paid, I paid $3 to rent this movie. <laughs> uh, G. McDonald is also here. Hello. Hello. I paid $2 to watch this movie. Did you I just buy the, for standard You just definition. did the standard def I thought about. It, and I thought for one more dollar, I could watch this bad movie in high def. Uh, yeah. Moises Chuyan uh, ha, ha, was not going to watch this movie because he's seen it before, and then he was tempted to watch it. Hello. I'm sorry. What <laughs> well, happened? You, you want to know why, Jason? Because every time I come from the nethers of mm. the city. Um, oh, boy. I, that, that's, that's literally the line. This I timed it differently, over. but that's the line. That's uh, the line. There seems to be a disruption in the nethers. Every I time I come from the nethers, there's some kind of disruption. Oh, no. And Monty Ashley is also here. Monty, help, help, help. I have... How do you break into the puppy smuggling business, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question. It's a little fuzzy, but... <laughs> fuzzy. So, um, the, okay. Like a puppy. Equilibrium. Before uh, before we get started, Dan, do you have any opening statements as the person who's been sending <laughs> yeah. saying for two years? Uh, oh, you know what would be a great <laughs> rocket surgery movie, everybody? Just yourself, sir. I'm delivering on exactly what I promise. First of all, uh, I you know what I saw this movie in the theaters, uh, oh. and I've seen it since then. So oh, it is among my favorite really terrible movies because it, it's a very oh. terrible movie. I like to think of it a little bit as like Kurt Wimmer plays mix and match with the dystopian fiction that he's read at some point, or at least parts of yeah I've read the close uh, notes of maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mean he'd he'd seen the matrix and had heard about brave new world and that's it and he'd read a synopsis of fahrenheit 451 yeah well in his defense he was busy perfecting the arts of gunkata in his backyard so <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot happening here uh this is not a good movie but i enjoy it it is one of two movies in which tate diggs dies in a really weird way uh within like a two-year period the other one being um well, i won't spoil it but there's another weird death scene that he has within like this roughly the same period can, can, uh, is this where sean bean dying very early prominently in a movie started or was this continuing a trend because i, I, you I know saw what? sean I bean like, and i thought oh i hope he doesn't die in the first 20 minutes of the movie shockingly which he does no he no, does goldeneye goldeneye predates it so you that still got that going one of the lucky ones oh. yeah, he got see, out I, of this movie in less than 20 minutes he also probably got paid well yeah i started and i was like wait a minute wait a minute sean bean and sean pertwee are both in this movie yes. does that mean it cancels out and they both get to live nope yeah. in fact sean, pa sean, sean pertwee, pertwee was actually was dead never before alive. the film started or... 
<laughs> not for many years. Sean He's Bean, I think, you know, even when Sean Bean like is only in five minutes of movie, I feel like he concentrates all his acting into that five oh, minutes. Yes. So that's why he's so good. He's never in a movie for more than about five minutes. So he really just has to give <laughs> it all he's got. It's like a relief pitcher. He's always going to throw it full speed because he's not yep. going to be there long. 20 <laughs> minutes in is a pretty good chunk of this movie, which <laughs> is only 107 minutes. And I appreciated that. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah, it's under two hours, so that's a real plus here. Yeah, and yet, and yet, there was that moment when I accidentally brushed the remote control of my Apple TV, <laughs> I and I saw the I saw the time bar, and I was like, "Oh, for God's sake!" I was exactly halfway through the film at that point, yep, and I died a little inside. Yeah. And to those who don't really understand what this is, I mean, I got to say, if nothing else, the scene that always gets me a little bit is the Christian Bale and a puppy, because this is a movie that involves horrendous violence and Christian Bale and a puppy. And a puppy. Yeah. So in case in case you didn't know that he was the hero of the movie, you've got to really show that he's grown because now he has feels. And because he has feels, he can love a puppy. Yeah. And now he can proceed to murder dozens of people for the crime of behaving just like he did at the beginning of the movie before his yep. heart was melted by a puppy and a snow globe. You know what? Hey, it's been great, everybody. This is a wonderful recording. I think we covered all of it. I think we're done. <laughs> well, yep. uh, to, yeah, to save a puppy, he, he murders many people. But I, as soon as I saw there were dogs in this movie, I'm like, they're going to violate that number one rule that I have for anything, which is you do not hurt the dogs. Like kill all well, the people you want, but they don't. They didn't. Don't kill any dogs. They kill oh, sound effects of dogs anyway. that are never right. seen. <laughs> That's true, but you know, you, you know, it was hard. It you're, was a little it, hard. You're meant to so feel there were dogs. This this movie mm-hmm. runs into the fundamental problem of many dystopic science fiction movies that deal with this whole idea of like, oh, we'll eliminate emotion or characters who eliminate emotion, which is to say. Uh, it's really hard to do that in a movie with actors and people, and and it's really <laughs> there are a lot of scenes in this movie where you're looking at people thinking, I don't know, that person that seems like it's probably still an emotion. Yeah, so, yeah I feel like uh, yeah. Diggs is the biggest sense offender of them all. Yeah, uh, well, Angus McFadden too. I mean, when he was yep. like giving his talks mm-hmm. about. You know the wonders. Well, apparently, of, uh, like shouting and being angry is not an emotion in this world. Uh, well, where there, emotions, you know, are... what at the risk of yeah. claiming there's nuance here, like I think it's intended <laughs> to be risk. suggested that he is not. He's not even on the uh, drugs no, at the end. Rage, rage is okay. Rage is totally yeah, fine. Yeah, it's fine. So, so are we going to try to walk through this yeah, thing? Or I, I am. I am going to try to walk through the plot a little bit. Oh boy, good luck. So before before I I uh, do a very light recap of the plot, and you guys keep stopping me to tell me about things that you want to point and laugh yeah, and at, we're done. All right, I cool. There was want, the plot. I want to. I want to set us off with a little. Uh, it's the opening paragraph of Roger Ebert's <laughs> review of The Matrix oh, from 1999, oh, where he says. The Matrix is a visibly, visually dazzling, dazzling cyber adventure full of kinetic movement, but it retreats to formula just when it's getting interesting. It's kind of a letdown when a movie begins by redefining the nature of reality and ends with a shootout. We want a leap of the imagination, not one of those obligatory climaxes with automatic weapons fire. Now, I I mention this because clearly Kurt Wimmer saw The Matrix and said, you know what is interesting in this movie? The gunfire. The gunfire. <laughs> Let's have some more guns and we can make a whole movie where there's just, it's kind of dark and uh, oppressive and there's just huge amounts of automatic weapons fire. But, but we don't have the special effects budget in The Matrix. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That's Ooh. why we just do the guns. 
It's the gunfire and the wooden acting that really got no. me about the Matrix. We have a we have a we have a Bob and Harvey Weinstein Dimension Films, um, yes. you know, styrofoam and wood paneling and squib budget. That was my it. first note. In fact, is Harvey Weinstein presents oh. Equilibrium. Finally, the Weinstein brothers with a movie that really takes down the patriarchy by mm-hmm. having a member of the patriarchy. Uh, inside a ton of violence and uh, not really address any of the um, the underlying issues yeah. with uh, toxic uh, masculinity. Not a one. If if you didn't like that there were were strong female characters in the Matrix, <laughs> you'll love Equilibrium. <laughs> this is the flick yeah. for you. Equilibrium has so many balls we lost. Count. So I started this movie ready to like it because me too. I saw the timeline that said an hour and forty minutes, and I was like, ooh, okay. <laughs> You've already won me over, movie. And then they started off with a voiceover intro. Yeah. Voiceover and great, text. And but text. It's, a, it's a voiceover intro that. It's a voiceover intro that they didn't bother to type the whole thing out. So, like, some random words <laughs> on screen. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like the character generator license of the video toaster ran out before they were done. <laughs> yeah, it looked like a temporary title card. Also, <laughs> the World War Three that is described looks a lot like World War Two. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. War yeah, never the, changes, Dan. The ponderous yeah, voiceover yeah, with only some of the words highlighted, along with yeah. images. Um, this is sort me... of like the the all caps lettering in the uh, Star Wars crawl, I guess. But they just let the rest <laughs> of it out. No, reading. This you don't go to movies to read, Steve. <laughs> anyway, we we are meeting our uh, our two main characters, or so we think. Question mark. Yeah. It's uh, Christian Bale and Sean Bean. Um, he is a tetragrammaton cleric. Yeah, um, the voiceover introduces them as the grammaton clerics, and yes. and right off. If you want to make something sound ominous and threatening, maybe don't put the word grandma right in the middle of it. <laughs> Fair. The, the Grammaton cleric is coming for you, and what? you shall be brought before the Pop Pop yeah, Tribunal right. to face I, justice. Your grandma's so to... fat, she weighs a ton. <laughs> well, what's cleric. funny about this, of course, Tetragrammaton is a thing, right? It's the name of God in, in basically in the Hebrew Bible. It's the four letters, the YHWH. So, of course, clearly they're like, oh, that's a cool idea. We'll totally associate that. I can't stress enough that I saw this movie when I was 22, and that may have colored my perception of it. <laughs> you should keep stressing that, yeah. And, and, yeah, and like and like the Bible, they use Hebraic uh, Japanese swords and all kinds of Orientalist yes. uh, yeah. Asian appropriating yeah. iconography to to really stick to the I, to stick. I don't know. To stick and guns. I don't, don't forget. The, don't forget the guns. The, the four T's guns. on the Tetragrammaton flag, which lo- <laughs> which is just like we forgot the last part of the swastika, but <laughs> oh, otherwise, oh, right oh, after oh, you first oh, see oh, it, oh. like they show it on screen, you go, "Wow, that looks like a lot like a swastika." That's pretty on the nose, movie. And then they cut to a shot of Hitler, and you're like, "Oh, yeah. so." What what was the? <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of movie we're doing here. Text. Mm-hmm. There's no subtext here. It is uh, mostly mostly text. Um, anyway, this is a world where you're not supposed to feel. You take you take a uh, uh, an injection in your neck to lose your ability to feel emotions. And the idea is that the, after World War Three, they decided that the way to solve humanity's hatreds and wars was to drug everybody into not having feelings and to have a bunch of super trained, almost like superheroes with guns, um, uh, strike force, the clerics who are going to be able to stop any feeling people or they also strip the world of art and color and uh t- 
like representations Perfume. of images. <laughs> Those are all out. No representations and, and by the way, of images. Almost none wood of this furniture. is just shown because I, this is not the only voiceover in the movie. Literally two thirds of the movie has some sort of voiceover accompaniment to it. Mm. Either somebody explaining gunkata. <laughs> or or just you know the the ramblings of father in the background i mean every yeah. every couple of seconds some new voiceover pops up and says we didn't tell you about this little yep. interesting tidbit They're getting paid which by we the could words, just as easily Steve. have shown you <laughs> and the effect of all this is that all the walls are white and everybody's speaking in a monotone and with a perfectly neutral facial expression and that's just super exciting to look at for an hour yeah, and a half that, that was one of my notes was oh good a movie full of people who look impassive and speak in monotones this'll be great <laughs> only they don't people are so bad no, at that in this movie. no it's hard to do that so they don't do that anyway the, the first scene in the movie that sets up who our hero sort of is is uh they're they're assaulting a building um who's who's up in the window looking out dan who is that who that's uh, dominic purcell it, it is it's tv's mm-hmm. dominic purcell who is oh, legends break. of tomorrow who, yep. who enjoys burning things on that show but here is stopping things from being burned yes indeed so anyway Chris, trying to christian bale is is going to come in and take care of these rebels and how does he do it well they they uh he kicks down a door and slides on it like it's a surfboard the lights all go out even though the door went down so i guess they turned out the rest of the lights they, they shot they shot the rest of the lights okay but uh, anyway so they do that and they, the whole idea here is that then everybody's whispering like is he gone is he here we don't know and then of course he just he shields everybody directly in the center of the room like he was a moment ago who knows? Yeah. The greatest power of the Grammaton clerics is hide and go seek. They're yeah. really good at it. <laughs> well, and this right. and this teaches us the what it, what we are meant to believe is the most amazing superpower of the Grammaton clerics, which is they can basically just walk into a room and stand there and not move, and everybody else has guns, and they can take their time and kill everybody, and somehow nobody ever shoots them because well, they're not moving their body; they're moving their arms because it is the most inefficient style of oh. gun. Yeah. Yeah, this is a really seen. poignant critique of most action movies where the heroes can stand in a room full of bad guys and not get shot. Really, when yeah. you think about it, it's very deep. Interesting. But while standing there, they do shoot all the other people in the room nine or ten times each. Indeed. <laughs> Gotta be <laughs> sure thorough. Dead. Gotta be thorough. Well, what's great is he walks in and uh, and the people, the, the advance team before Christian Bale shows up, let him know maybe more than a dozen inside. And then he walks in and he shoots like 40 dudes. Yep. Like the, the whole room is just crammed full of them. The other people, by the way, have full combat armor and automatic weapons. But, oh, we got to wait for this dude in a collarless coat and two six guns. Yeah. He's that Hold guy. on a minute. Hold on a minute. We need to wait for formal dress judge re- dread. Um, it is, it's important in this bland and emotionless universe that when people are killed, they're killed stylishly. That's why you put yes. people in shiny I, red robes before you incinerate them. Mm-hmm. I have yeah. in my notes just style over substance. And then the next line down actually it's style over style really because like they just keep up, upping it and upping it until there's nothing left yeah. and it's not even stylish anymore they've they've wrapped all the way around keep in mind this is not like super like i would argue i i agree with roger ebert about the the matrix to a certain degree but you have to say the matrix even the gunfight in the matrix you know they're doing they're cranking up the camera frame rate so you get this weird slow motion they do the bullet time sequence of course that that, that got copied a million times like there's st- the matrix is stylish this film is not 
it's not it's cheap it's not stylish it wants to be, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's, wants to be. It, it, it wants yeah. to be which is why he's in a dark room and they've got the fl- the flickering of the of the guns being fired as a kind of like a flourish um and by the zooms. way listening to 45s uh on a record player will get you killed is uh, my other note here because he finds a <laughs> uh, a 45 record player but but te- uh, grammaton clerics also have amazing skills to spot hidden things like perhaps a trap door under which is the Mona Lisa. It's oh, not actual. It, it is, is a very Lisa. impressive skill, by the way, to walk into a room filled with nothing but one giant rug and figure out where you might be hiding the contraband. Yeah. This guy I'm, this guy just rolled really well on his perception roll. I'm sure this all. rug here is nothing important. Uh, this lumpy rug under yeah. which yeah. is the Mona Lisa. They, they, do, they do gravely announce, yeah, the Mona Lisa, it's real. Except it's about three times the size yeah. of the actual painting. Like, <laughs> a, it's not the Mona Lisa. It's obviously too big. B... How did these guys get the Mona Lisa? Because well, this is just that was my question. the U.S. or something, not France. Yeah. And see, who cares if it's real, even if it's just like a beach towel with the Mona Lisa on it? They had the gift shop. Well, You're still supposed to destroy it by your own rules. That, they that got would have been the way better, that, by the way. The same place that they got two different paperback copies of poetry by William Butler Yeats. <laughs> and like I said, when, when my very first thing on this podcast, burn it because as soon as they said the Mona Lisa is real, the camera cuts back to to Christian Bale, and I just say burn it, yep. and like, like you know, two and a half seconds later, because they had to leave you waiting, he says burn it, and I was just like, okay, so that's what we're in for. <laughs> Got it. The, Save the cat does not recommend having your hero start off by shooting a bunch of people and then burning the Mona Lisa. <laughs> You gotta admire the uh, what they're going for here. I, I you guess gotta throw out the rule book. You know, you gotta break the rules. That's right. Man. Equilibrium is not about following rules in screenwriting uh, look, method- methodologies. Yeah, th- I mean, to to the point about the Matrix, like you know, there's an argument that constraint breeds creativity, but sometimes it's just constraint. Mm. And then you end up shooting your best friend through the face at an impossible angle through a book. Just for the sake of trying to frame a shot a certain yes. way. Speaking of that book, it doesn't uh, make any way, sense. Uh, Sean Bean takes the book. At which point, if you didn't, and he's like, "Oh no, no, I just want to file this away uh, with the proper authorities." Which, first off, what we burned the Mona Lisa. Why didn't you file the Mona Lisa? Uh, sorry, the beach towel of the Mona Lisa. But um, also, like, this is that moment where I'm like, "Wow, this is this is so." Fahrenheit 451 it's painful mm-hmm. at this point like there's not even an attempt this is Jason, like the, guess what Jason, they are Jason, they're gonna set Jason, things on fire Jason he said in multiple interviews that this had nothing to do no. with Fahrenheit 451 no. or 1984 or Brave New World no, it's totally or different. any of the things that he very clearly specifically cribbed from and slightly <laughs> changed Kurt Wimmer wouldn't do that he wouldn't no. let me down mm. hey the but, man who brought us ultraviolet but no. this is not this is not meant to be set in the present day and there are a couple reasons why you know that that um or or in our timeline at all first off all of the places they go where they're kind of cracking open these safe houses that have culture stored stored away it's all um it's all old Old. stuff it's not it's not like this is a hundred years in the future and there there are cds there are literally there are only record players that survived and also 50s pinups and yeah exactly right so that's that's weird and then also there are zeppelins um so Mm -hmm. you know really terrible cg zeppelins yep yeah. Yep. It was on brand for the for the incomparable. That's part of the reason I had to suggest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Because there are zeppelins. Also, in here. because you zeppelins. like us suffering. Yes. Also that. Yeah, I feel like zeppelins as a mark of quality have really taken a hit. <laughs> took, yeah, I, I agree. You see, Jason, physical media is very important. After society inexplicably 
decides that all art and feeling is bad, you're going to need record speakeasies. You're going to need 50s pinups and record players and all of that. There is We, we find out that uh, there's a thing called the EC10 rating, which is the rating that, that has all this content, every, that it is banned. You've got the drugs that people are taking. We learn um, in this scene where Christian Bale uh, goes to meet his boss, um, and he's questioned. His wife was incinerated for having. That's the word that's used for having a banned material. Uh, he says it wasn't really a problem, but he, but he also very, very, very easily figures out. Like literally, he just thinks about it and goes down to the <laughs> records department and realizes that Sean Bean did not take that book that that he so wait a transparently second. He's not taking that book to evidence. He, he, he goes so. But before we get there, I want to mention that when they're in the meeting room, which we keep coming back to, there's a globe. And the globe is like of the continents, but they're not quite right. Are they trying to suggest that World War Three was so catastrophic that part of South America <laughs> got dragged into the and is now an island in the Atlantic Ocean? Because it, they're suggesting they can't afford a globe. <laughs> <laughs> I know they made a fancy. It's like one of their big special effects is a globe. It's like this is not the world you know. The land masses are slightly different. Jason, that knowledge has not been maintained through the centuries. It's all just nethers outside of the city. Okay, it's all nethers. Yeah. Got, it. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Got it. Let me take a brief break from this movie to tell you about something delightful instead. This episode of The Incomparable is brought to you by our wonderful sponsor, Simple Contacts. Now. You may have heard of them before, but let me explain the deal here. You've got other stuff to do in your life, and what you don't need to do is spend time making an appointment and going into a doctor's office just to get a new package of contact lenses. It's a waste of time. You absolutely need a periodic full eye health exam from your eye doctor. But if you've got it, you did that, your eyes are fine, what you need is a refill. You can do that online with Simple Contacts from anywhere in just minutes. They offer a self-guided vision test. It happens in an app. It takes five minutes. You don't have to make an appointment. Go to your doctor's office, pay them probably a lot of money for an appointment, and then have them order your contacts for you. Simple Contacts can do it just as well. Their app is super easy. A little person appears. It's sort of a video person has you read an eye chart make sure that your prescription is still valid because it is important that you be able to see clearly with your contacts but that's it then once you're all verified and they check you out and they check out the record of your uh, your order you can just order and they've got all the brands they got every brand you can think of. They've got all the different kinds of brands. I have a weird contact lens brand, and it works. They had it. It was it was not an issue. They had it. The, their vision test costs only twenty dollars. Their prices on contact lenses cannot be beat. Standard shipping is free, and we've got a special offer for you. Join the other five thousand people who've rated Simple Contacts five stars in the App Store and get twenty dollars off your contacts. Go to simplecontacts.com slash Snell twenty and use the code Snell twenty at checkout. You'll get twenty dollars off. Simplecontacts.com slash Snell twenty and use the code Snell twenty for twenty dollars off. Thank you to Simple Contacts for making getting refills of contact lenses easy and for supporting the incomparable. 
Now, now, one thing worth pointing out in this scene where his boss, uh, for some reason, brings up the fact that his wife got incinerated four years ago yes. for sense crimes, <laughs> yeah. which seems like a That's weird time r- to bring it up, rude, but the, too. the audience just got here yeah, and, kind of and there hasn't been an, an expository sequence in <laughs> at least 20 seconds. Um, but he also, he's, he's quick to point out, and Bale uh, affirms it, that he is like the end-all be-all of Grammaton clerics. Yeah, like he, he has this special capability to know what people are thinking before even they do. And yet we're soon to learn that he's failed to identify his wife, two partners, a boss, and two children. <laughs> right. Yes, indeed. Because he's, so, he's actually very bad at his job. Yeah, his, his boss. So. His Except for bo- the shooting. His, his emotionless yeah. boss who manages to show more emotional range than a Batman villain from the 60s TV show (laughs) in about 30 seconds. Well, this is one of those few places where the movie actually manages a little bit of subtlety. Like both, both he and Tay Diggs clearly are not on their doses. I kind of feel like everybody else showed up to this movie to like at least give it a go, except for Christian Bale, who is kind of like a slab <laughs> in the middle of it. He's so bad. He's so bad. And and I got to be honest, um, he I I like in in the Batman movies too. I think he's not very good. I think the the I think he especially when he's Batman, he's actually kind of really bad at it. Um, I I know that people. The consensus is that Christian Bale is one of our fine actors and all that. But I look at this movie and I'm like, yeah, this is why I don't like Christian Bale. He looks he the way he's talking too. it looks like he's got he's like a kid with braces who just doesn't want to show them. So he just kind of keeps yeah. his lips closed over his teeth. It's super weird. And he's he's not. And yeah, he is totally outperformed by um Several everybody? other people in this movie. Yes, yes. I mean, this is a roster of character actors from yeah. Angus McFadden and William Fickner to like you know, Emily Watson. Diggs. Emily Watson is in this yeah, movie. I know. Why? Sort what of. what yeah. do they have on her? The old cash grab, I think, yeah. is happening. It, there. The, Jean? Yeah. So yeah. I have a thing to say. Yeah, Jean. <laughs> so about Emily Watson, who I love, and I saw her first at Breaking the Waves, which is sure. amazing. Um, but. Uh, you know, somebody put a link to this interview with Kurt Vimmer um, in the in the Slack, and he talks about like, oh, Emily Watson, she had just won a BAFTA award, and I I was surprised to learn that she loves action and sci-fi movies and never gets offered them, and I'm like, and you didn't offer her that either. Like, she gets no action and barely any sci-fi. Yeah, like it's you know, except for like the the you know. The the co- cloak, she's, uh, the red cloak. She's you know, incinerated in a sci-fi chamber. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah, if she may have been incinerated, but that was a fridging. If I've ever seen one. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. was very disappointing, and she should have been there at the end. Mm-hmm. Like she, the, there's no doubt about that. I mean, she was the, right. She's the only female character in this whole movie. Um, and uh, unless you count the dead, the dead wife. wife and the daughter, who we almost never see because it's all lines. Yeah, yeah. dead yeah. wife played by two different people because yep. they couldn't be bothered <laughs> matching it do- up. We don't know the gender of the puppy, right? So <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's puppy just assume, based on well, everything else we've seen, that it's a guy. Gene, if you <laughs> brought the HD version, maybe you. Oh, <laughs> oh no. God. no. Wow. Yeah, like we we see Emily Watson's Little Mermaid stash house of. 
you know, priceless 45s that nobody cares about and other things, you know, bought for 25 bucks at a thrift store. And um, ribbons. And ribbons. And ribbons. Ribbons. Very important to this movie. We can't discount the gotta, importance of ribbons. Smell, mm-hmm. smell those ribbons. It's very that's important. About it. that's Stop and smell the ribbons. Super yeah. creepy. Super creepy. Yeah. I just I just take her, carry her ribbons with me and I smell them every uh, now and then. Uh, and it's it's uh, fun. Um, this is, I, so, I do want to take a second to agree with you on the Christian Bale situation, oh, okay. Jason. Good. I mean, is it, isn't his thing that he's supposed to be kind of an emotionless dude? Like, isn't that one of his strengths, according to people who like him? And yet in this film, he he's bad at it. I mean, he's, <laughs> Sean Bean gets killed here. Spoilers. Yes, I, mean, I we're, was going to say, this is the part where Sean Bean gets killed, um, finds him reading a book in a church. Like, whoa, boy, that's grounds, kind of grounds for death. Heavy, heavy, heavy. And so he shoots him through the book, as Moises right. said, at an impossible angle um, because they want to get the shot right. Deftly escaping the film in less than 20 minutes. Good job, Sean Bean. <laughs> Yeah, so he yep. got on the phone to his agent at minute 14. <laughs> Get and, me out of uh, here. Minute 15, he got shot. He's firing it at a, a down angle while Sean Bean is looking over the book, but somehow the bullet goes through the book, uh, scatters a bunch of little bits of paper, and goes through his foreheads. That was one magic bullet. Also, also, if you watch closely as he's falling backwards, it's also not Sean Bean. <laughs> yeah. Right. But this is the big... E- like core of the movie where they say like art is important poetry is important and you know what william butler yates was all about movies where people get shot in the face (laughs) (laughs) maybe if he'd lived long enough he would have been we don't know that seems more like are you dealing with a totalitarian rage-filled uh toxic masculinity covered society Maybe you should become a rage-filled, toxically masculine guy who runs around and shoots a ton of people and takes everything over. But this is the point where Christian Bale, this should be his big moment, where he gets to look totally emotionless at having just shot his partner of who knows how many years. And he's horrible at it. He looks... He always looks a little constipated, but that's mm-hmm. that's not really an emotion. He usually has this little weird smirk on his face, and here, I don't know, it looks like he's chewing or something. I don't know what the deal is, but emotionless is not what he's putting out here at all. It's really kind of embarrassing. He's acting, he's, he's acting real hard, just <laughs> yeah. real hard acting. Yep. I have historically had trouble recognizing Christian Bale. That's actually not a joke. I feel like I have a touch of face blindness that applies to him. Um, <laughs> it's Bale blindness. The first, time, the first time I saw Batman Begins, I didn't recognize him a couple Bruce Wayne scenes. When I saw The Prestige, <laughs> that was a very weird movie to me because I there's extra Christian Bales in that one. I couldn't even keep track of the one he was supposed to be. Yeah. And the first time he turned up, I thought he was Kira Knightley. <laughs> okay. Well, the first thing I ever saw him in, and I, I just fell in love with him, which is hard to believe now, having watched this film is uh little women. Um, oh, yeah. He was so adorable, like handsome in that movie. And he had emotions. <laughs> Interesting. Until also, that thresher uh, accident huh. ten minutes in. I mean, you gotta you gotta hear his terrible New York accent in Newsies to really appreciate. <laughs> so um, the next big thing that happens here is that he uh, he remembers his wife being taken. There's flashes and some nightmares and all that. Mm-hmm. He drops his interval of his drug that he's taking his his prosium, which is not nexium, which is an actual thing. This is a fake oh. thing. It's prosium. Can can I slow you down for a second? <laughs> uh, because okay. Uh, 
can um, <laughs> apparently be, I can. Yeah, go ahead. I just there's a moment of exposition. I know that's throughout the entire movie where we're told that there's no war and no murder because nobody has emotions. And that's the only justification we ever get for this completely implausible straw man society the movie has created. Yes. And yet, for a world with no war and no murder, there's a ton of guys with combat armor and guns everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. It seems like a constant yeah. state of war. It's a totalitarian. Well, yeah, I mean, that's. Monty, I, by combat armor, do you mean trench coats and motorcycle helmets? Because that's all I saw. There's a, no, no, there's a bunch of guys wearing bomb squad disposal yeah. uniforms yeah. for some reason. Yeah, that's true. And like catcher's, uh, catcher's gear, too. Yeah. So it's important <laughs> stuff. Um, so what I was going to say is so he drops his interval of his prosium, which is not Nexium because that's a real drug and prosium is totally fake. Uh, this is his emotion suppressing drug. It shatters. Um, his son is super creepy in this scene uh with <laughs> yes. his mon- his monotonous tone which turns out is kind of his his only tone um saying you will, <laughs> you must go to father i will turn in my classmate for laughing and you must go to the equilibrium center to get a a replacement vial e- equilibrium yeah. equilibrium however you said very subtly why do you have to go pick it up very yeah, subtly just, that all the, the vials of these things look like bullets and you're shooting yourself oh, yeah. in the neck. Mm-hmm. Ah, see, nuance. So, yeah. yeah, I have a question about this. I don't know if questions of are, are really important. I have a here, lot of but, questions. But, yeah. uh, the vial breaks and there's trash. There's like, you know. Glass um, and There's goo. glass. And, you know, like, isn't that like also like proof that you didn't take your interval and like they hiding you know like it seems like when you take a shot of that you're still going to eject you know that bullet of glass right so shouldn't you have to turn those in to get more i don't know anyway i'm asking for a logical and why do you have to go to the (laughs) equilibrium center to get your replacement instead of just shooting yourself for the next one and then reporting it or something like that but he needs to go to the equilibrium center one because the movie's called equilibrium and two because then he gets picked up there by tay diggs and we can see that he's he's he it's closed and he makes the decision to lie and not get a replacement so now he's off the medication and that is how our plot sort of goes forward is that he stops taking the stuff at that point the, yeah yeah the 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 only way that i could wrap logic into this uh impossibly logic defying thing is that uh for some reason the society where people are constantly being murdered in a hail of bullets all over the place they really really <laughs> care about sanitary use of disposable sharps and they just want to make sure that you know people are are you know nice and clean and you you just use a fresh one every time oh sure. boy. That's a good point though uh it's a good point, though, that uh, this this supposedly massively oppressive totalitarian society is not that great at keeping tabs on what's going on. Yeah. Virtually every resistance action in this film uh, could be stopped if this supposedly super technologically advanced dystopian society had invented the camera. Yeah. <laughs> Other than the one scene where ta- where um, where no, where where uh, Christian Bale looks at uh, uh, Sean Bean's 
uh, kind of yes, comportment in the, in the car and plays that back where where which is also not a very good scene because he's like oh was it oh yes it was like it's mm-hmm. it's completely not anything but we see that but other than that there is a complete lack in this totalitarian society of any monitoring electronically of any kind and many plot points involve which is why probably I suspect there isn't any involve Christian Bale like <laughs> oh yeah those guys got shot I wasn't there until there's like a tag later in the movie and and that that happens again and again where all of these all of these plot points would be solved if this was truly a panopticon if everybody what? was under surveillance all the time because all of the all of the lies are just very simple like I wasn't there I don't know what you're talking about and that's it well, so the best part is that it's clear that they started out that way because of the footage in the car and realized, oh, this breaks so much of the movie. Because there's a scene later on where he's interrogating Emily Watson in a jail cell and they touch hands. And I swear to God, there's like a close-up there shot is. of like a camera watching them, except right. why it's would you do that if a camera movie. was watching you? <laughs> Uh, because he is the highest level of tetra pants. To be fair, this is a movie that posits, and I know we're jumping ahead here, this is a movie that posits that if you can shoot the TVs that the person is on, you can blow up the broadcast center. I shot the monitors. Problem solved. Oh, no. it worked. I did not, sh- I did not <laughs> shoot the deputy. I shot the monitors showing the sheriff. Um, yeah. Okay. So Emily Watson is introduced at this point. She is hoarding a little 20th century room, as we said, mid 20th century room. Um, there is, uh, an interrogation with her. Um, there is more gun kata, which is, again, it's like martial arts mixed with standing in place and shooting people and also hitting them with your gun just as an extra. Also, also Mm -hmm. another key part of gun kata is if somebody's got a rifle and they're pointed right at you, you can just tap it and it spins around 180 degrees so that you can shoot them, which is pretty cool. Pretty neat trick there. Good job. Yeah. We learn all this on an exposition tablet, an e-pad, if you will, (laughs) that we get to sort of lean over some guy's shoulder who's watching the gun kata take place and, 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 uh, and we to enjoy it and uh oh that's how i mean it it's works. yeah it's, it's there's all this serious gobbledygook about the yeah. gun kata and we get we get angles and arcs drawn on the screen oh, yeah, so yeah. we know it's science but what it basically boils down to if you bother to listen and follow the 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 uh, the explanation basically you want to statistically shoot in places where people are and don't be in places where bullets statistically yeah. are and it works best if there's exactly six of them standing 2.5 feet from you, <laughs> perfectly spaced out. Luckily, yeah, this it, happens all the time. And you just stand time. still. You just stand, stand still. You mentioned the 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 e pad. I have to say there is a great scene when he goes down to get the to retrieve the book for, that Sean Bean didn't turn in because he obviously didn't turn it in. He asked the guy at the records hall, and he and yes. he's and he's there's this metal table and there's this metal stand thing, and he's looking, and I'm sitting there watching the scenes saying like yeah you know he's querying the database to see whether it got turned in or not and and at the end of the scene the guy's like look i don't know what to tell you and he turns the metal thing around and there's just a book there (laughs) and i just started laughing that was great it was like but i thought that was no it's just a book it's just like with (laughs) carbon paper in it things in this movie though like that was was really like you know it confounded our expectations yeah that was stolen from brazil instead of the matrix (laughs) right <laughs> and and in this in this amazing future they have leather pleather gloves yes. that make it so that when you just 
at automatic or semi-automatic rate, fired an entire clip out of a handgun. You can grab the gun by the barrels, not burn the living crap out of your hands, and then pistol whip people with it. Gunkata! Gunkata! The magic of technology! So there is, um, there are more flashbacks to his wife's execution at this point. Um, he has, he does, he again doesn't take more drugs. There is another raid, um, a lot of gunfire. He sees a shaft of light through a bullet hole. Um, enters a dark room, which I didn't really understand where the shaft of light's coming from. Yeah, because <laughs> it looks like <laughs> sunlight, and it's actually just like dim candlelight. That when he enters, it's totally dark. But then as he goes down the stairs, there's again another hidey hole with mid 20th century stuff, including a so, Beethoven so record which really? he plays because there are no CDs in this yes. world, and and he's moved the, the, by the the sound of Beethoven. Yes. Also, there's uh, also in that annex, by the way, there is a street sign, and I asked myself, why are street signs illegal in this in this world? What emotion does <laughs> The people crossing so the street. Beautiful. Jason, the greatest crime in this world is not emotion. It it's is an image of a street sign. Instead of just saying pedestrians crossing, it is a picture. Mm. But why would a totalitarian go- government stamp out street signs for Pete's sake? Now I'm outraged. Uh, now no one will know uh, where they are. <laughs> anyway, he's moved by the Beethoven because art is yeah. beautiful and he lives in a world without art. And yeah, he, yeah. He seems yeah. equally moved by the snow globe as by Beethoven. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's they're roughly on Has the snow globe ever survived an entire film ever? <laughs> well, it's it's also the the perfect tie between this film and Citizen <laughs> Kane, a movie that Equilibrium <laughs> has a great deal in common with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, where are we? Are we up to? The, we're up to the puppies. We're up to the puppies. We're, we're, we're up, up to, to the, the puppies because Ode to Joy. I was just gonna say, like you know, when Ode to Joy comes on, that this is like just gonna be like real cliche uh, <sighs> feeling moment. So they're they're in addition to all the people that are taken in this uh, in this you know they're rebels or whatever who've who've squirreled away this unlawful material. Outside there is a cage with puppies in it, and we know this because we hear dog sounds, although we don't actually see them, as I pointed out <laughs> earlier, because they couldn't afford a bunch of dogs. But they do. No, no, we, we do see a bunch of dogs. Yeah, do, is there a shot? I must have yeah. missed that shot because we then, don't see them. We don't yeah. see them actually get I, shot. We do see them. Oh, in so the corral. there's one insert shot. I, yeah, yeah I, th- I I think they got I think they got four four assistants to bring in their puppies for the day. It's literally one shot because the rest of the conversation they have about whether they're going to shoot the puppies or not is at upward angles with dog sounds in the background so that you never need to see that there aren't dogs there right now. According to the IMDb trivia, they did, in fact, just have somebody making the dog noise. <laughs> I'm certain it's Frank Walker. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but he, and he can't come up with a good reason, and they, they, they uh, shoot some of the dogs. But then he says, and, but then in another uh, another one of those, truing, he's becoming Sean Bean now. Christian Bale is becoming Sean Bean. He, ta- he takes a dog, the puppy, and he's like, uh, uh, we need to check them for, for, for diseases, and I'm taking this one, and you can't have it. And he leaves, and that's, and he sort of takes <laughs> literally take my runs puppy, away with a dog. dog puppy in the same way that sean bean does the well mom i think you're right to confiscate all of this awesome totally cool porn that my older brother has i should probably make sure that i figure out where he got it from so i'm gonna yep. take this mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. Gonna investigate. christian bale is is that but for, for puppies, for puppies. For puppies. I, this is this is kurt wimmer's john galt in the radio station moment he's like yep. uh you know what you guys are <laughs> not okay. these people are really bad they're really bad look they you're not kill picking puppies. this up all right they shoot puppies Okay. Right. Are you satisfied now? And this man, he likes puppies. He likes the puppies. Oh, yeah. This guy's our hero. He'll let six dogs get shot, but not seven. 
but not right. seven. <laughs> Can I He's just say, it, yeah. line. Bernese Mountain Dog. Bur- yeah, there's a Bernese the Mountain Dog puppy. It's adorable. <laughs> super they, adorable. I mean, they're super cute, but it, it has to be a puppy because they're, were it a full-grown Bernese Mountain Dog. It would not dog, fit in his trunk, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Where did the puppy come from? You know if your town has Bernese Mountain Dog bleeders. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's what happens point. out there in the nethers. You never know what might mm-hmm. be uh, going on yeah. out there. The resistance is really being the, the to puppy breeding. The resistance is making puppies in it's the puppy mill. mill. Yeah. It is. That's why they have to shut it down. It's not actually part of the. It's not actually part of the E10 or whatever EC10. It's just uh, they're against puppy mills, and you know maybe that's mm-hmm. okay. So there's some good. Um. So okay, he has the he has the puppy. He ends up taking it back into the nether, and he lies about why he's there to release it. The puppy won't go. He's like, oh, you scampy puppy, puts it back in the trunk. But he's stopped by cops who are patrolling the nether. And he's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a, a cleric. I'm totally and like, do you have any ID? And he's like, oh, no, it's in the trunk with the dog. What am I going to do? And uh, <laughs> it's uh, in my other trench coat. <laughs> well, the answer, the answer is I'm going to murder all of these people. Oh. <laughs> OK, OK. So inexplicably, somehow it steals from John Wick, even yeah. though that was not <laughs> Made for another decade. This movie traveled through time to steal from <laughs> that movie. This scene has my absolute favorite thing in the movie that I enjoy unironically 100%, which is uh, Christian Bale standing there with two guys with rifles on either side of him. Yes. He, yes. he waves his hands. The rifles spin around. He shoots the, other, the two guys in the head. And you cut to the head cop. And he says... What? <laughs> Even he doesn't buy this movie at this point, and I love that read of it. That's great. Oh, this is also the scene where I, the one time where I legitimately laughed out loud during this movie is that at some point during this fight scene, Christian Bale, or anyway, his character and his stuntman, does a flip in the middle for yes. no reason, really, other than that it's really cool to do a flip. No wasted motion. Also, according to IMDb trivia, there's no wire work in this movie. They did that on oh, a sure. trip. No, yes. It's very clearly, even better. So much better. Very clearly, there's way more velocity than there should be, but that made me laugh out loud because it's so unnecessary. <laughs> so bad. This, this so is once such again, this pile of dudes scene. that want to kill him form a perfectly spaced circle around <laughs> Indeed. him. And, 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 what take what him would in. he do if they formed, say, a rhombus? Yeah. Would he be dead? Oh, and they never shoot at him at all while he's murdering all of them. Several people in this movie, by the way, use the ninja tactics, which is that they one at a time, where it's like, oh, you just broke my that guy's yeah. arm and are about to twist his head around backward. I'll wait my turn. <laughs> and then walk to within two feet of you, even though I, like everyone else, has a gun. <laughs> guys, guys, these, these tit advisors that we're wearing at night are preventing us from being able to shoot anybody from any further away than two and a half feet. We've got to get really close. This is my basic problem with the movie, which is that it is convinced that these fight scenes here are totally wicked awesome, and they're just so <laughs> dumb. I was like checked out by this point. You guys oh. noticed way more about that fight scene than I did. <laughs> this movie is to to sum it up. Um, this is a movie that thinks it's smart, mm-hmm. but is actually mm-hmm. extremely yes. stupid. And you see it yep. again and again and again, <laughs> where it's like, wasn't that clever? And you're like, no, 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 it was not. It's it's like it's a caricature of itself, but it doesn't know it. Doesn't know it. It no. might as well have Joe Flaherty run on screen and say, "Pretty cool, huh, kids?" <laughs> <laughs> it's really dumb, both in the script and content, as well as the fights wow. themselves. Yeah. I mentioned in the Slack before we started that the fight scenes are just about the only reason to watch it, but not in a no. good way. <laughs> no, in no a, they're ludicrous. They're fascinating, a, these, but ludicrous. These guys. 
these guys went, you know what we need to do is we need to get as close to the Foot Clan in the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie as humanly possible. Just add guns and pleather trench coats. And we're good. And we're totally good. And they're not even katas. Uh, nope. The, um, I, I should nope. mention that there's a fight with Tay Diggs that happens around this point. And I haven't mentioned that Tay Diggs becomes his partner mm-hmm. very, very quickly after Sean Bean. Like, while Sean Bean is not quite dead yet, I think. He's like, no, 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 <laughs> you've like already that, been though. assigned. To- I, feel like that, I feel like that's the movie actually having a little bit of fun. It's like the, the system is so good that yeah. as soon as that partner dies, they've already got a He literally walks in outside and his new partner picks him up. Like, all right, hey, you killed that guy, say. but I'm here now. It's just like, well, it's, it's like you shoot one yeah. bullet, you just load the next and partner. At least Tay Diggs <laughs> seems to be enjoying himself which he shouldn't he's supposed to be motion- well, motionless yeah, yeah. <laughs> but all, all of the adult characters in the movie act like the eight-year-old on the playground <laughs> recounting the entire events of the movie to you oh man and then there were like ninjas and then the ninjas <laughs> had guns and then they were like oh you're screwed dude then jackets he's only got two guns and then he kills all the ninjas it feels like tay diggs is in a in a little bit of a different movie here because oh yeah you know his performance is not quite as like i am very sad and in a dystopia he's more like ingratiating um i'm oh yeah i'm your partner i'm gonna i'm you're i'm going places with you buddy but they do fight here um and while this fight was going on it was so boring that i thought about oh hey tay diggs he's the he's the celebrity who follows everybody on twitter Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was His that was really st- all I had for that fight scene. <laughs> I kind of went on a journey with this movie. Like, first of all, when Tate Diggs shows up, he immediately uses the term that he's pleased to be a new partner, which <laughs> yes. seems bad. Yep. Well, and then being he smiles to himself own- after he makes Riley after he makes a statement. And and I wrote down at this point, do the filmmakers know what emotionless means? <laughs> and then, as the movie ended, and I realized, wait a minute, Tay Diggs, he's been working for the bad guys, and he's probably been a feeler all along. And I thought to myself, wow. Wow, you know, that's actually somewhat clever. And then a little while later, I thought to myself, wait a minute. <laughs> Isn't this dude that he's sitting in the car with supposed to be the best at figuring out whether people are sense criminals or not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really pleased to. Oh, man. Shit. Did I say please? <laughs> I like Tate Diggs. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Was that the 18th time I smirked at him? Yeah. Tate Diggs's main acting move is to smile, and he's great at it. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. He, has, he has a great yeah. smile. A smile is not something that you generally need in a movie it's full a, of emotional I needed it. Like, as a viewer, I know him smiling was wrong, but also I enjoyed <laughs> watching so him right. do it. So it's magnetic, man. So, Undercut the movie all you want, Tay Diggs. I am here for it. So, uh,. That's the one, like the one scene that I like with Christian Bale, where I think he winks at Tay Diggs after he like throws him under the bus, which was actually kind of like, oh, okay, like there's there's a sense of humor there somewhere, maybe buried deep yeah, I'm down. I'm with Steve though that there is this feeling like, oh, that's why Tay Diggs act that, acted that way, but he shouldn't have been acting that way because he should have been sense. playing a part as an actual legitimate uh, person with no emotions, even though he has the emotions. But the movie, I, I get the feeling that the movie was like, that's way too complicated. Let's just not worry about it. <laughs> the, the, most, the most maddening thing narratively is that the movie just decides to take logic leaps and insert twists so that it has more runway to fill out 100 yeah. minutes. And more fights. Not because it necessarily mm-hmm. makes anything remotely like logical sense for the rules that they set up. They set up the rules initially and go, oh yeah, by the way, those rules, we're not going to pay attention to any yeah. of them. We'll get around to them at some point and then we'll disregard them again. But just to, to address the broader point of, of the fact that Christian Bale is supposed to be this incredibly competent, the most competent, uh, the most incredible, he is so good, he's so good. He's also apparently the dumbest, most gullible guy on the planet who all sorts of people are fooling. 
And so at, at the end of the day, the only way that I've been able to, for my own headcanon, figure out a logic for the movie it's that this is the origin story of the next despot who is going to be the radically incompetent, though it's sometimes inexplicably hyper-competent, uh, John Preston. Uh, and that's that's the only <laughs> thing that makes sense. And then you get to the end of the movie and you go, why, well, then why did I just watch that? I, I mean, w- without jumping to the end yet, what I happened? feel like the end of the movie basically says, oh, yeah, yeah we just used you to find the resistance. Yeah, we, you were actually terrible at your job all along. <laughs> <laughs> we picked you because you're gullible. Yeah, yeah so maybe he's not the actually the best Gramaton cleric we have ever trained. <laughs> except he, except at Gunkata, you're good at Gunkata. It's got half a dozen different ideas, and it commits yeah. to absolutely none <laughs> yeah, of them. At the beginning Accurate. of the movie, while they're telling us this is a le- world where no one has emotion, they are giving him a standing ovation. That's not emotion. That's, that's poli- just yeah, okay. yeah, they're just being being polite. That's totally it. Um, so we are at the point where he gets Sean. He he decides to go look at Sean Bean's body. Um, and his eff- his personal effects, do. including <laughs> his ID, which is basically an iPod, the Tetragrammaton iPod edition. <laughs> with a, you, Tetragrammaton? It's got, it's pro- yeah, it's probably got Bono's signature on the back. Um, but he figures out that Emily Watson and Sean Bean were lovers. And he's like, ah, boy, he's really putting two and two Pl- together here. So he goes... Um, and he goes to an indoctrination class and tells the guy uh, who's running the class, he says, clear the room, get everybody out. Um, and uh, he's like, I know you're part of this. And he slams him down onto a table and you're going to tell me about it. And it turns out that in the indoctrination <laughs> class for this totalitarian society, if you push some books in, away at the back bookshelf, <laughs> there's a whole secret room full of secret stuff, including the leader of the underground. And William Fickner's no, no, back no, no, there, you too. Have to, you have to go down some you stairs down because some stairs. only in a movie like this would the underground be literally okay that is that is one of the highlights of this movie is there's william fickner is jürgen he's the leader of the underground he literally walks him into a place reader for the underground because he's just hanging out behind the bookshelves waiting for somebody he is is like a walmart reader and he literally walks him into a place where you can see up to the sidewalk and says welcome to the underground (laughs) now the close close second to that is the scene where christian bale is having his little breakdown with tay diggs and a guy runs out and hits and like collapses in his arms and then Christian Bale literally has blood on his hands. Oh, yes. like, that's that's for me. That's the close second for that. Get it, guys. Get it. It's draw, allegory. Some blood on the uh, on the uh, screen later before he shoots it. The, oh God. The, the thing I like most sense. about William Fickner's entrance is that it is almost comically casual. Yeah. He it's just kind exactly of Harry strolls into the frame. Let's go. Well, he just, he just, it, it's like he just stepped out of a portal from a Michael Bay movie and was like, oh, hey, you guys are here. So he, here's where the movie's going Fickner, now. One of, he's got like the most distinctive face yeah. in this entire movie, and he's in one of the earlier scenes. I would immediately be like, oh, that guy. Yeah. That guy's in the resistance. Totally. Totally. Anyway, Mary is, and I, I like this, scheduled for combustion. I don't understand how law works in here because everybody <laughs> is told they're going to be immediately killed or they're going to be immediately taken and incinerated. But yeah. Mary I think somehow she was the is, last. She was, was the last yeah. one before they changed that rule. She was grandfather. Oh, she was grandma. Is grandma? She was grandfather. That's it. That's what happened. That's what happened. Anyway, but what we need you to do, like you, you're gonna, we're gonna turn you now that you're with us. Us, Christian Bale, super awesome ninja gun kata guy. We need you. We have part of a larger plan because it's like this movie. It's all like plans within plans within plans. Oh, did we blow your mind? 
you're going to kill father who is the who is the big brother that name was taken so father who is the <laughs> the guy who you see on the side of the zeppelins why and do they stuff. call him big brother big brother isn't father bigger than big brother just yeah. call my guy father yeah, yeah. well that, Wimmer, done and and done how about Hello, the big father, father? We're, so, we're all sense offenders and that doesn't sound like sex offenders and now you know we did skip sense offenders don't get a good I, I, rap. i'm skipping lots skip, of scenes steve so go right well, ahead this, this one's semi-key this is there's this the big raid uh where christian bale gets kind of, sort of dragged in and he he decides to save a couple of grubby dudes he breaks their arms mm. which is pretty mm. gross and cool yeah that's I mean, the like ninja the move where one guy waits for the other guy oh. to have his arms broken before he then also gets his arms broken <laughs> right yeah. this is where the movie disapproves of the violence he's doing but also thinks violence is totally the spray awesome of blood. And can we get a like blood spray when he breaks the guy's arm can we do that yes because that's cheap right that's a cheap effect, cheap effect. i believe that, that there's two reasons why this is an important scene. One is this is where the big, totally inexplicable gun switch happens that comes into play later. Right. But that's not yeah, nearly doesn't... as important as the fact that this is the scene where he's got two perfectly serviceable guns, but instead he has a little button that causes two little or three or four little nubs to come out of the ends yeah. of his guns. I was what wondering that? about that. Like, and he what does whacks that mean? the guys in the motorcycle helmet with the butt of his gun yes. instead of shooting them. Yeah. Uh-huh. What were those things? Huh? That's... It's his. It's Gunkata. Forget it. It's Gunkata. <laughs> Why ask questions? It's, it's a martial art that involves shooting people and hitting them with the butts of your gun. It's yeah. the stupidest, most pointless thing ever, though. I mean, these it little is. things, they extend. He whacks the, He has to whack each of these guns like 17 times in the helmet before the helmets yeah. break. Well, while we're at it, let's discuss the like spring-loaded uh, things up his The sleeves, spring-loaded which, reloaders which are of not, his guns. Okay, that was so the, the only one that made cool me laugh. Also, <laughs> I like that. They're, they're also, those guns are too big to fit up sleeves. They don't uh, trigger any kind of, like, detectors metal no. or otherwise oh, they don't yeah. have metal detectors they don't have cameras come on <laughs> no but but somehow somehow they were they were able to track tay Diggs's gun at some point somehow that's, that's a good point through technology through technology uh, te- te- I, I will also point out to steve's point about the warehouse scene this is also a very important scene because it establishes you can recognize people in the resistance because they need haircuts it's <laughs> huh. good yeah um so okay so Big, big moments in the movie now. Uh, he's brought to his angry <laughs> boss, given, who yells at him. Big. Finally, finally, big um, His emotionless movie. boss, surely you mean. There is uh, his, yes, his emotionless boss One yells at him. Tay Diggs is there and says, I always, aha, we figured it out. You're the bad guy. I always knew that we would, uh, oh, no, 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 this is the first move. This is the first move, right? Which is like yeah. where, where his boss comes to him. I, I, I apologize for conflating two almost no. identical scenes. <laughs> but, um, By this point in the movie, he this, is he running thinks, around showing emotion all the time yes. so and Christian nobody comments Bale on it thinks, at all. He breaks down and that cries. It's very <laughs> obvious that he's, he's going to be caught. And his boss yells at him and says, there's a traitor in this group. They haven't been taking their, their, their injections. How do you intend to expose them if all you do? And it's like, Oh, he doesn't know it's me. He wants me to find the traitor, which is totally not earned at all. But it gives Christian Bale a chance to do one more runaround before he's brought back to this office a second yeah. time. So he basically he, says, I'll try harder and walks away. And that's the whole point of that scene. <laughs> yep. Basically, um, <laughs> there's nothing to it. So, so for, for all of this to hang together, they have the uh, father has very intentionally groomed his least competent yeah. most gullible guy into but thinking that he's incredibly super <laughs> hyper competent 
sends sends a bunch of people to just be straight up murdered yep. by the guy, which explains the the impossible staging of all of it. And so this is all. I mean, this is. I mean, well, it's like the Donald Trump Jr. story. Um, but <laughs> just there, there's 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 no other there's there's no other explanation for it other than the fact that Christian Bale's character, despite the fact that he murders a bunch of dudes real good, is just massively incompetent. So. Um he tries to save Emily Watson um, because yeah. by running down a running. hallway a million times, a very yeah. cir- a circular hallway that he runs for. It's a part of very, 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 very long time, but it, he gets there slightly too late and she is incinerated. Now, I believe this scene is probably an homage to terrors of the red planet, the wizard of Mars. <laughs> probably. In which yeah. some random people run down the same hallway 70 or 80 times. Yeah. I, I By mean, the way, there's a really... If you, are, if you are a citizen of Libria and somebody is running, wouldn't you just say, turn that guy in? Yeah. Like, Apparently he's waving his yeah, badge like, no, where's, but I'm a where's the fire? cleric, cleric where, where, running here, cleric. Where, <laughs> where's the fire, buddy? Well, it's down there. My girlfriend's being incinerated. <laughs> But 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 again, they they have no radios. He can't say to the people at the front desk, like, "Do you have the incineration going on?" Tell them to stop. Tell them to yeah. delay. Nope. They do. They use, to be fair, they use a landline phone. Uh, so so <laughs> she. So I got some questions yeah. about the uh, the means of disposing of political prisoners in this weird uh, yes. dystopian society. Summary yes. judgment. Do you combustion? not like yes. Emily Watson's robe? I'm confused <laughs> as to why you fit somebody you're about to murder with a shiny red hood in a society where such things are banned well it sign- signifies they're about to be burned okay red is the color well, I of mean, fire how many of these things do they have laying around <laughs> yeah. well not very many because they take oh. it off before they burn you so no, at first i was like yeah. no, so they just want make dan, to burn was, them no dan i was picturing you in front of a powerpoint presentation at that point <laughs> as you can sure. see she was she was in that red riding hood cosplay when they torched her nope Nope, they took it off of her before she walked in. Yeah, nope. She uh-huh. had it off. Er- Eric is totally right. They took it yep. off. They, t- they took the hood off. She was wearing the pleather dress that was tailored exactly to fit her. Well, yeah, because she's the only woman in the film. And if we can't see her, if we can't see her figure, then this movie is screwed. And the, the other thing about this situation, uh, Christian Bale gets there and he's told, you're too late, sir. The time lock is engaged. Oh, if oh. we force the door now, the turbines will explode at street level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How hard is it thing? to burn a lady? Do you really need explosive <laughs> turbines? Whatever happened to a pile of logs and a stake? It takes se- several gigajoules of uh, natural gas to burn a human body, so... Um, yeah, turbines are not totally out of whack. Yeah. Well, also, why Why did we build this right below the city so that if we <laughs> open the door, question. something explodes at street level? Yeah. That seems... Also, why do we have a time lock on an incinerator? <laughs> it's not a bank vault. This part of this movie seems impractical. It's a, it does a little bit. does a little bit. Um, okay, so Tay, Tay Diggs <laughs> immediately then arrests him and punches him in the face, which I think is just like... Yeah, you're under arrest punch just because why yes you know. you know what that that one punch to the face seems like that's that's really all it takes to knock this guy down so we go back to the boss's office and this is the scene where 
um, he he twists it on Tay Diggs and he says, aha, I told you I would bring you the traitor and I have. Tay Diggs is the traitor. And he's like, what? And, and there's a great look, actually, legitimately fun take by Tay Diggs in yes. that moment where he's like, the double oh, take. what? Oh. <laughs> the double take is a thing of beauty that it, Tay Diggs yeah, It is amazing. So he's like, oh, but it's your gun who killed all those guys. He's like, no, I think you'll find. It's your gun. And they're like, tappy tappy on the whatever passes for a computer. Huh? <laughs> they're like, they should, they really should cut back to Tay Diggs at this point and have him looking at the script where he's just like, wait a second. Well, you switched guns with me several scenes later than that. What are you talking about? I, John Preston, a genius, switched the guns knowing that they would track them using technology that we only introduced to the right narrative now. right now. This is, this is one place where I was genuinely happy that they felt compelled to show the flashback of the scene that happened 10 minutes earlier because I had totally forgotten that yeah. scene that happened 10 minutes yeah, earlier. Remember when I gave you my gun to shoot all those people? Well, uh, those people died for my lame brain plan. And now... You know what? For, forget the, the eight-year-old kid on the playground I said was narrating the events of this movie. It's a character from a Danny McBride TV show. All right, so then he's like, oh, you thought you had me? Guess what, man? I had you. The, Boom. So, so Christian Bale's only demand here is that he wants to meet father because he's executing the plan that he has hatched with the resistance which is that they're going to uh that he's going to kill father and they're going to start a whole revolution um we get it we get another twist that happens here which is we we discussed that since we discover since the mom died because she was incinerated because she had illegal material the kids his own kids christian bale's own kids have stopped taking the drugs and they knew it all along and they knew that their dad had stopped taking it too and in fact they're better at, yeah. sp- at hiding the stuff than the dad is so the son has to explain to the dad uh, yeah. that he needs to do a better <laughs> job which is to to steve's point um the expert here in noting who's on this drug and who's not has missed ever literally everybody he may not if actually kid, know who's like who's like six at the time that the mom gets taken away can fool you yeah. that he's yep. not it's possible that Christian Bale's character is the only guy taking this drug <laughs> in this entire society. That's actually it's a good actually take. the the drug that makes you good at gunkata. It turns oh. out. <laughs> and now that we know the kid is off the drugs, that has no effect on anything, and he's never seen again. Yeah, we shouldn't <laughs> gloss over the the context of this scene, by the way, which is that they've determined since Tay Diggs has made an accusation against him, they have to at least search his house. Yes. Yeah. And so, of course, he runs like hell back to the house as quick as he can. Because uh, oh, they're very rule-oriented. <laughs> yeah. oh, my like book anybody. of poetry! And the, the search party is already at it, but he's been hiding his unused prosium vials behind the mirror all this mm-hmm. time. So the search party, they say hello to him as he passes by, and he said, okay, how you doing? Good. Uh, yeah, go ahead and search. I'm Do still your running. Thing. <laughs> and he disappears into the bathroom, lickety-split, not not setting off any I alarm really whatsoever. I really have to go. Yeah. I really, really have to go. And this That's is where he pries it open. Uh, the, the vials are gone and for a split second we're like oh no they already found it and the, the, they turn around and the little Hitler youth is yep. back there the creepy son is there holding holding the vials and this actually this actually is a solidly good twist I've got to say it's not bad because the kid has been pretty pretty darn creepy throughout the thing totally. and, yeah. like, that's, and it, 
He's the best actor in the movie. This little tot solitarian. Yes, <laughs> this raises a question. This this point, which is, how did that kid get That's that mirror my off? Question. It's pretty like, well, There's that, and then there's the fact that all right, now you're both in the bathroom holding vials of, of banned substances <laughs> while the search party is out there looking. <laughs> yeah, I I do no, love the, the scene before that, that where Christian Bale pulls up to the house and is like, oh, they're all inside. Great, and he like walks in really calmly, and as soon as he's inside, he's like, crap, <laughs> and he's just right, booking all that, like, and then like throws up the door, walks very calmly again so, yeah, like yeah but oh oh the kid is holding the vials so it's all good no this yeah. situation has not improved now you've implicated the child as well no but the the steve you got to know out in the other room the the daughter is um is showing all of the searchers all of her stuffed animals oh they don't have stuffed animals all yeah. of her um very well, shades of gray the pillows dog, who, one as it by turns one. out is She's, she might be showing them the puppy. The, the puppy yeah. that is there. It can't, yeah. it can't take very long to search an apartment in a world where no one's allowed to have, have possessions. So as we learn later, is has been at the house the whole time, and yet the search party doesn't find the puppy either. Well, And as we learn later, literally none of the things that happen in the first 90% of the movie actually, actually matter. matter. Yeah, that, but that is true. That's why we're watching this movie, it, and that's why this is rocket surgery, it, and not some other, like, yeah. show. But, um, you know, back to the kid, like, when he, you know, when they first showed him, and I thought, oh, you know, and they're also channeling, um, you know, the omen. Um, <laughs> this is, totally. like, devil kid. Yep. But... Uh, I did read in the trivia about this that, that Daniel Radcliffe also auditioned for this. And I think, oh, wow. you know, uh, uh, and in the beginning, I thought, oh, well, good thing he didn't get this part because like being like devil child would not really fit in with his, his, you know, Harry Potter brand. But then he does turn out to be like, as you say, the smartest smartest character pretty much in the whole hmm. movie and uh it's, it's like the one compelling arc in this movie yeah. <laughs> and he's certainly the only one who compellingly pulls off emotionless in any way yeah no he was like i mean i was scared of him but that fit in with like a lot of that dystopian you know literature which is like the children will turn on the parents no problem Okay, there is yet another twist because now it's time to go see Father. He puts on his formal dress, which is a lighter shade of gray. Oh. And he's got like a sword, and he goes to see oh, Father. And they Im- they immediately take the sword away, which I think is a fun choice. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. that really that to me that conveyed this is a uniform. Yeah, because he had to have a sword with it, but he's not allowed to he's keep not the allowed, sword because he's got to get rid of all <laughs> his weapons, the, which he totally doesn't do. And, and of has course, all of his guns hidden up his sleeve. But <laughs> and they have no metal detectors. Immediately, they're no, like, at all? We've, we've established there's no. We've established they don't. No detectors of, of any sort. of any kind. <laughs> right, I guess. In addition to cameras, Pygusking has not been invented nope. in this universe. <laughs> I do love that they say like, "Oh, there's a test," and he all seems like, "Oh, a what now?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you thought like, you thought you just get I in? was not prepared. Yeah, but it's a lie detector test, and this is an amazing scene because they they uh they do some dialogue they got the, they got him hooked up to the lie detector test tay Diggs reveals himself this has all been a setup all along to get him to join the resistance his boss is the fa- is father sean pertwee is just a hologram it's all part of a plot and and an amazing thing happens which is his his uh lie detector is going crazy and then it flatlines. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> what? everybody 
everybody is very upset that he's no longer stressed out because he has bonus guns up his sleeves and then he kills everybody. It means that he's this the the uh, the the polygraph machine going crazy as the plot is revealed slowly to him was just him, you know, messing around. It's like, ah, you know, it didn't mean anything to me. Now I'm going to kill you all. See, My look. question is how how is how were they using him this whole time when he was the one that knocked his interval onto the floor in the first place? Like how did they engineer that that started the whole thing? They knew they knew he was clumsy and sooner or later he would gotcha. <laughs> accept it Gankata. Everyone else's intervals are given them in plastic that won't shatter the first time you knock them off the shelf. They, they coated this one in baby oil, and <laughs> you know when he took it out. So Whoa, this is an amazing twist, except for one thing, which is as I've been saying all along, this guy is a gullible idiot. He's gone along with all these twists, but they haven't counted on the most important thing, which is he is a superhero of Gunkata. <laughs> and so when it's revealed that this is all just a setup and now they've got all of the people from the resistance and and ev- the resistance has been crushed, he does what uh, you would absolutely expect him to do, which is he pops guns out of his sleeves. Oh god, we didn't check the sleeves. <laughs> He and proceeds to kill everybody, but he does it in waves, which is also really good. He kill he kills the first group of people. Yeah, and then he circle. drops all of his weapons because he doesn't need those weapons anymore for room two. Room two has got has got more people in it. He he uses their weapons to kill them. He throws his extra clips down the hall because he knows he's going to be over there later killing that circle yeah. of people. Yep. I'll need those precisely there. <laughs> room two is an almost shot for shot recreation of the lobby fight in the Matrix. The Matrix. In the Matrix, yeah, yeah. It, complete yeah. with the random backflips. Yep. <laughs> if if I can be semi-serious for a moment, the thing that honestly disturbed me most about this movie watching it again is that the flatlining and the polygraph thing is almost trying to communicate to the audience that your hero, this guy, is is exactly the completely emotionless psychopath he needs to be when, when he, he needs, needs to, be, to be an emotionless psychopath, goodest guy with a gun on the planet. And it just, it's horrifying to me that however we ended up here that's where we ended up and the most gullible um completely uh easily uh, manipulated and controlled and at once um total basket case who will just lose it crying on the ground to the point that he takes one punch and is knocked unconscious that this guy (laughs) this guy is who we're supposed to be rooting for they also point out in the IMDb trivia that he kills 118 people in this movie, which makes him responsible for exactly half of the whole total 236 deaths shown. As of 2009, he continued to hold third place record for most deaths in a movie caused by one character. And most That's of those people, also if, they, incredibly disturbing. If, they just, if they had just had their interval taken away from them for a few days, might have ended up on his side. <laughs> Yeah, but see, that's the, the movie is very clear on the fact that if you don't show emotions, you're not a person. Yeah, yeah. Mm. In fact, I had the same problem here as I have in the Matrix lobby fight. In the Matrix, they're definitely killing people, right? Like just yeah. because those people think they're security guards, I don't know you're allowed to murder them. And here, he's killing people whose main crime is they're just like you were a half hour ago. 
Yeah, but they're faceless, so yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. They're yeah. not dogs. So, okay. So after finishing dogs. those two <laughs> levels, he, he has to meet dog. He has to beat the final two bosses. The first of which is Tay Diggs, <laughs> who is dispatched in about two seconds. But Dan, which yeah. is great, would you like to talk way. about how D- Tay Diggs yeah. uh, is it dies? Maybe I can explain how things go in this scene with the three notes that I took during this period. <laughs> first one was, "Welp, time for the mini boss battle." Yep. <laughs> Second one was, ha, that was amusingly anticlimactic. And the third one is, and then his face fell off. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, I really, he really lost face with me after this. <laughs> and, and then my note is, oh, so he's still a sociopath. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all right, yeah, part of me was like, can you actually do that? Um, and then I was like, you are, you are still asking logical questions in yeah. this movie. Stop doing that. It's quite ironic, you know, for... for Hot Tay digs to lose his to face. lose his face. Now, how will he express the emotions that? Oh, they don't have those anyway. <laughs> so that leaves us with a last the boss battle, which is his boss, who is of course uh, also father, and he gives an impassioned speech, but realizing now that his error was. Um, to not immediately kill the guy who is the best at Gunkata <laughs> instead of revealing your plan to him and allowing him to kill everybody else and ultimately you. But he gives a speech where he says, mm-hmm. I am alive. And now that you are awakened and your emotions are there, you know what life is. And it, and it's one of those moments. It's like, ah, but now you know that man is mortal and therefore you will choose the vial in front of him. Right. It's one of those. I'm outwitting <laughs> you here. I've got it. I've got it. Never go against father when death is right. on the line. And um, and he's like, yeah, I, uh, it's fine. And he shoots him and that's it. Like, OK, <laughs> you're yeah, fired. My, I, I pay I'll read you my, my notes. You'll pay a my price notes on, uh, on that scene. It's three words. It's it's no. Just no, no, because <laughs> it's all. Oh, but you value life now. It's like, have you seen this movie? Uh-uh. He does not, and he's like, I will pay the price gladly. And he, and we he, should probably also no, mention of course the he boss didn't battle. See, why would he watch this movie? We can barely watch this movie. We should probably also uh. mention the the boss battle, or as I wrote it down in my notes, apparently the bass bottle okay. uh, that precedes <laughs> that him getting better. shot, which Tasty. is like. It looks oh, with ridiculous. The slap fight? It's a slap fight and a waltz uh-huh. mixed together. It's the dumbest looking. Thing I love I've that ever scene. Seen. It's terrible. Yeah. And they have not set up that style of fighting at all no. in any of the fighting exposition scenes we have had to sit through before this. Nope. It's like they showed up on the set that day and went, okay, cool. So we're going to do the big final. F- oh, guys, did we did we what plan we a final here? one? <laughs> did we? Guys, uh, we'll just make it up. Ad- it's advanced gun kata. Only a certain few are I'm going to kill it. you without Slap even shooting food. my guns, just hitting just you with the up. weird things yeah. that, are, that come out of the base of them to use is I don't even take two steps backwards if, and shoot if, them it's a projectile it's, yeah, weapon that yeah. is its main purpose if only there were two guys with shotguns directly next to them they would have had down circle at the time so, had to, so we can't have a circle just on that one, one. Well, he doesn't know how to fight one person <laughs> at a time I mean that's ridiculous there's so many people that fail to just shoot him like it, in the lie detector scene they these guys have time to say he's in the chair uh oh like, uh-oh. So I know he's going to get up and start doing something. I wonder what this thing yeah. in my hand does. Oh, God, I'm dead. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, I li- That literally never bothers me in a movie because it's, he, it's every he single movie. But it's the premise of this movie. I, I, and this movie thinks it's clever. I get that, you know, movie violence. I mean, this was always the thing as a kid growing up watching the A-Team. I always, I noticed, even even as a kid, like, there's a lot of machine gun fire in the A-Team and nobody ever gets hit with a bullet, yeah. right? I get that. But the, in this movie, like, literally, Christian Bale stands in the middle of a room 
not moving and is never hit and there's like 20 people shooting at him it doesn't Gunkata. make any it's Gunkata. that's right he's it's, jason it's maybe math, you didn't understand guys, the, the angles that were drawn on the e-pad earlier. no you're right you're right even in that <laughs> but, scene but it, it just very hit, clearly pointed where out they are it pointed out where very they clearly. aren't don't be where the bullets are, yeah. is one of the main tenets of Gunkata. Yeah, hit them where in they that scene, they said it was all about percentages. And again, in the example, these people are dodging and ducking around, much like the Matrix and the bullet time scene. But Christian Bale usually can't be bothered to do any of that. No. He just stands up straight. <laughs> yeah, he's not dodging. He's, he, 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 is playing, he is playing this video game on God Mode the entire time. Yeah. His hands move around. His, His hands, hands flail. The guns are yeah, always it's, it looks super weird. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So okay, what so, you're saying is this movie might be kind of dumb. So we, it might be. It might be. But so the last part that happens is all the little sensors in the in the room run away. He shoots the TVs, which makes the comm system shooting. explode. Oh. Yeah. And, Meanwhile, in the background, the resistance has been ripping off Fight Club and has done Project Mayhem. Yeah, well, there, the broadcast there a, center was running on all-in-one computers. That's. So there's, there's, they, they keep the puppy at home and one of the indelible final shots of the movie is that, um, a bunch of people wearing kind of like just street clothes come out and murder all of the, all of the cops. (laughs) Yay. The end. (laughs) And then probably build Christian Bale smiles. Then they build a new society somehow. Probably. (laughs) Sure. The end. Based on emotions. Maybe they rejoin the rest of the world, which presumably exists outside of this one little city. Or maybe it'll be World War IV. Everyone was like, oh yeah, those guys, the the no emotion people, we hate those guys. (laughs) We leave them over there in their little ghetto area. We should not have sent the Mona Lisa to them on intermuseum loan. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's high time we got reacquainted with our nethers. (laughs) Guys, what if we tried... A purge every year. <laughs> That's a, hmm, interesting. Interesting. I like your idea. So, what did we learn? Um, uh, nothing. Never to what be on didn't we learn? Again. What did we not every learn? time? And yet here I am. Christian uh, Bale is that guy with the narrow nose and kind of pinched lips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're ta- where he keeps his lips in front of his teeth so you can't see his braces. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm going to say yeah. something semi-controversial. We- okay. Uh, it was pretty stupid and technically pretty terrible, but as a movie, it really no. wasn't that bad. Uh, it, it was it a- was mildly entertaining, except for the really boring parts. Uh huh. And it Combustion. had a couple of pretty Combustion. had a couple of pretty good plot twists. <laughs> and it was less Did than it? two hours. I agree with Steve. Okay, this is the I agree third with time. The last point. <laughs> this is the third time <laughs> I've seen this movie. Time. Mm-hmm. Things happened in it, and if things happen in a movie that is two hours or less, I can't be that mad at it. I, <laughs> I can. <laughs> it's a. Uh, I think in Flophouse parlance, it's, I would. I would say it's probably a good bad movie. In fact, I and I, I would say we we watch the movies here where where it's they're super boring or they're super stupid, uh-huh. and this uh-huh. one is not super boring because stuff is happening and it is ludicrous in so many different ways at so many different points that i did laugh i don't the the gunfight stuff uh you know i'm not i I know erica doesn't love that kind of stuff and i don't particularly (sighs) love it either um but it was ludicrous in a way that most movie gunfights aren't because it was trying to be martial arts gunfight and you know with a guy on a trampoline jumping around uh yeah so i i would say i i can i could see why people would watch this movie and and chuckle at it because 
it's a it's a bad movie, but it is I mean, kind Kurt, of Kurt Wimmer is funny clearly trying to do something here. I, he's clearly trying. I don't know yeah. what it is. Yeah. Trying. Trying. Yeah, that, that, he needs to take that's a, a problem. Like, he needs to take a cue from the from Christian Bale's boss and try harder. I find this the, movie very trying. <laughs> you get the fun of somebody with lofty ambitions that has no hope of achieving them. You yes. don't like watching hubris just completely deflated in front of your eyes. No. Okay. <laughs> I, when 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 I was uh, when I was growing up, my dad would take me to Blockbuster and we get like five straight to video terrible action movies and just go, get through them on the weekend. And if this had been one of those, yes, I would enjoy it a whole lot. But as it stands, I can mostly uh, say that it's a it's a it's a bad movie that I was able to enjoy from the perspective of, huh? So anybody can make a movie, huh? <laughs> on the upside, they only let him make one movie after this. <laughs> At least there's a happy ending. Yeah, uh, on on the downside, yeah. it was ultraviolet. Yep. <laughs> I, yeah. If 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 anybody if anybody puts too much stock in the tomato meter, I'll put it this way: this movie has an almost exactly identical tomato meter score as Hocus Pocus. So yeah. I mean, that's so that's, that's, uh, I agree, I agree with that. That's one Hocus of the Pocus is a bad, stupid movie. I might be you with Monty. Me millennials. <laughs> yeah, the, the IMDb rating for this movie is way too high. Seventy-five percent. Yeah, when it came, I don't yeah, understand. Yeah, I, what? I only understand. Gene, Gene yep. where do you think the Russian bots came from? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, I, I think it, it's more that the guys who like uh, like to have a, a female-free matrix. Mm. Yeah, uh, there's way too many like that 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 meter has to be skewed way too much to high 20-year-olds. Yeah. I <laughs> like, don't know. I, IMDb is wrong. I, I think people were excited about the idea of a cool gun-based martial art <laughs> and rated it highly when they first saw it. I mean, this movie isn't even a Matrix 3. We all know that. But. <laughs> yeah. I can yeah. I can see that happening. I mean, how many times did some of you see The Phantom Menace in the theaters? <laughs> Nine, and I'm not ashamed, so you can shove it. Yeah, six or seven. Oh my God. Whoa, you guys saw that way more so, than I did. <laughs> yeah, in the end, I think my problem with Equilibrium, if I, if the, the biggest problem is it is, like I said earlier, only it, one. Well, it's overarching, though. It's like, it, it's really stupid and <laughs> thinks it's and it not thinks it's stupid. Smart. It thinks it's super clever and smart, and it is not even a little. And if you get some pleasure out of watching it, if you enjoy some of the ridiculous, not at all set up or substantiated in any way twists, then so be it. But I think what really makes it what it is, is that the writer-director is so proud of how smart and clever this movie is that he's making, and it is not even, like, even a little tiny bit smart or clever. It is dumb. Th- and that's kind of what makes it delightful oh. at the same time to me, <laughs> okay, is so because the- it's so like, oh, dude, you think you are so clever, and you are really I bad just, at this. Yeah. I think this is, the movie is, is, it's the movie version of many, many, many conversations I had with dudes in film school who thought they were really smart, and mansplained everything to me, and I just didn't need it in movie form. Yeah. Uh, See, what you didn't understand, Eric, is that <laughs> I think this movie Actually, is the movie... Actually, this, this is the movie equivalent of Oliver Hardy. The pompous, believes himself to be intelligent fool. So if you can... Yeah, but Oliver Hardy had talent. Well, I mean, Oliver Hardy's character. That character, if it were a movie... Well, that- 
That character's amusing. That character, if it were a movie, is I don't even know where to go from there. <laughs> you, you, sta- you, you would stand back and mock him like we have been doing with this movie. <sighs> Equilibrium. Well, Dan, I see what you see in Equilibrium. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I promised a terrible movie. This you, is not unjustly maligned. You did and very I well. Delivered, you thank delivered. you. I, I'm delivering on that promise. I don't think this is a good movie at all. I enjoy it because it's terrible. But you know, watching it once every decade is probably more than. I'm enough. not sure I enjoyed it much enough to watch it again. That you're, you've gone farther down the path than I would in that respect. But I probably I, haven't seen it in well over 10 years at I this point. I was more amused so by it than I, I was expecting to. I will say that much. I, I so aggressively dislike it that that just getting angry about it again is what led me to watch it again this <laughs> afternoon so that I could be on and talk about how I dislike it. And how the, look, there's got to be some other subtext to the fact that he, he calls the, you know, the, the offenders in the society sense offenders. And it's all about, you know, your, your thoughts and your, your wrong thoughts that are so bad. And I just like, there's something going on in that dude's head that is not healthy <laughs> well, in any when way. He's not, when he's not inventing gunkata in his backyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was a movie, and now we are done talking was about it? that movie. I, it was. It was released by the Weinstein brothers, so it must be real. <laughs> um, let me thank my my people, my poor, poor people who watched this movie. Uh, Erica Ensign, thank you for, I'm sorry, but thank you. Thanks for inviting me to watch this student film, because that's what it felt like. Gene <laughs> McDonald, thank you. Thanks. It was great. Moises Chuyan, uh so angry. For the purposes of this movie, anger is a non-emotion. <laughs> Monty yeah. Ashley, thank you. We'll always have what? <laughs> <laughs> Steve Lutz, you get this puppy! Yay! <laughs> oh, well, at least I know the search team won't find it. <laughs> and it's in the trunk. And Dan Morin, I have no thanks for you. No thanks to you. <laughs> Well, I'm just glad we could check this off. Now we never have to it's watch good. it again. It's good. You can you can watch it in 10 years. I won't. And thanks to everybody <laughs> out there for listening to this episode. I hope you didn't watch this movie. Oh, boy. Sorry if you did. And we will see Go you next week with more, but not that more bad movies. Something else that's good. No. Uh.